Morning, choir. Good morning. Welcome. We're in the second week of our series, This Is Us. And now you may or may not know that our first, that our series title is taken from a popular TV series. But here's all you need to know about that TV show for what we're doing this fall. This Is Us is the story of a family of two different generations told in two different times. And learning the family story, seeing what happens in one generation, gives such insight into what's happening in the next generation. Watching what the parents do and then seeing what the kids do tells us even more about who they are and how they are related. It's, it's like we get to look inside their family photo album and get to know the story behind it. Well, that's what we're doing. Each week, we're going to look in the family album, the Bible, the story of God. And particularly, we're going to look in the family album, that's the book of Acts, the story of that first generation of those who were following Jesus. Real stories, real people, real issues, issues for them and for us. Now, these are going to be stories that encourage us, stories that challenge us. And we're also going to tell some of, well, you know, those stories, the stories that honestly we're not afraid of, stories that we won't hide from. Two of our stories in the coming weeks are going to highlight that sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes we just don't get along. Imagine that. And we'll find out that that's nothing new, that that's what happened to our parents in faith, too. And they learned something from that, and we'll learn something from that, too. So come, come be a part of this family this whole eight weeks. Over these eight weeks, I'm praying that we experience something, that we might uncover more and more of the family resemblances that we've inherited from that first family church so that we might look more like Jesus. Let's hear all of the family stories that we might live more like Jesus. And I pray let's make those stories our story that we might love more like Jesus. They were the first church. We are Trinity. But the tech, together, together, this is us, the family of Christ. Last Sunday in our groups last week, we were talking about how we are a growing family. That's what we look like. And our guiding value is, well, there's always room for one more. Because God hearts, God's heart desires that all would come to be a part of his family. And honestly, we have room for one more because Jesus died on the cross to make room for us, for me, his family. So this week, our stories are about one of the gifts that Jesus gives to us as his family. It's a gift that was given to us at our baptism, a gift that he pours out on us today that makes us a part of his family. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit that lets us do the things that God's family does. This is us. And so let's ask for that gift to fall fresh in us this morning. We pray. Come, Holy Spirit, be our guest and lead us so that the world is blessed. Amen. So let's look at our reading this morning. And I invite you to open up to Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40 in your Bibles. Or if you're grabbing a pew Bible, it's at the top of page 917. 
And I invite you to take some notes in the margin of your Bible or on your mobile device or perhaps even in the service folder. Now, if you've hung around the church for a while, you've probably heard this story we're talking about, Philip, because it's amazing. It's a powerful story. But the point of the story for us can be seen in just that first sentence, verse 26. An angel of the Lord tells Philip, get up and go. And Philip gets up and goes. Now, there are a number of Philips in the Bible, particularly the New Testament. One of them is even a disciple of Jesus, but it's not this Philip. This, to keep them straight, we usually call this Philip the evangelist. He was one of those who followed Jesus. That, that first church family said he sort of stood out among them. They recognized Philip as someone who had had a great faith, a great belief in Jesus. Someone whom they can see obeyed the Holy Spirit. So they chose him as one of seven people to serve and to minister to the church family. And he became one of the first to go out and to talk about Jesus, to tell about Jesus in Samaria, which might be kind of like our walking over to the local mosque and talking about Jesus. And you could not be faulted for supposing that Philip's message might be just as surprising and unwelcome as ours might be, except this is what the Bible says happened. Philip told the people in the city of Samaria about the Messiah, Jesus. Crowds of people, crowds of people, listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. Many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Wow. This is amazing stuff that the family of God is doing here. God at work through what Philip was doing. People's lives changed for the better because of the good news of the Messiah Jesus. People's lives changed because of Philip's message. And many of them became baptized believers. Now we would say that that's a pretty productive ministry, a fruitful ministry. And yes, even today we would call that a successful ministry. So what would be our first thought today as, well, as successful managers and entrepreneurs in DuPage County? Wouldn't we say, well, yeah, let's do more of the same. It's working. Let's keep this thing going. But God had other ideas. We read here in that first verse, 26, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get ready and go south to the road that leads down to Gaza from Jerusalem, the desert road. <laughs> so Philip got ready and went. Are you kidding me? This makes no sense at all. It's as if I would send you to go hang out by the side of Route I-55, oh, halfway to Springfield. Leave Trinity, where people are being touched by Jesus' love, where people are coming to know Jesus through what you're doing, and go hang out with the corn. <laughs> but Philip does that. That's what he's doing. Now, who knows what he thought about leaving all the good stuff 
that he was doing. But then one thing, one thing we do know about what he was thinking, he was thinking, God has told me to go, I'm going. So he started out and he meets the treasurer of this foreign country, a eunuch of great authority under the candake, which is another word for the ruler, another word for the queen. He'd gone to Jerusalem to worship, so now he was returning home. And seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And what happens next? Well, it really is just too funny. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside that chariot. Okay, so picture this. You're on I-55 somewhere near Funks Grove, Illinois. And yes, there is a place. And God says, I want you to go over and jog along with that black limo. And you think I left Naperville to do this? Right. Except, except all of a sudden you hear that someone in that limo is reading the Bible. Well, Philip runs over and hears the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? See, Philip was running, so he was out of breath. And the man replies, well, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? And they invited Philip to come in and sit with him. And Philip goes, I will, thanks. Now, up until this point of the story, we've been looking at how the Spirit spoke to Philip. But now, here in verses 35 and 36, it's a transition. We're going to see how the Spirit is speaking to this official. And the Spirit speaks to him through three things. Can you see them? Can you see them? The first thing God uses to speak is Scripture. It was through reading the Scripture that the official began to sense that this passage is pointing to someone more, someone other than the prophet Isaiah, but he doesn't understand who. And as he says, I need someone to explain it to me. And here's the second way the Spirit speaks to the man. He speaks through Philip, who tells the good man about the good news of Jesus, the good news that changes people's lives, the good news that brings the gift of the Holy Spirit into our life. What's the third way? that the Spirit speaks. Can you see it there? God speaks through the water and his word. Philip, remember, remember Philip? He's been baptizing believers in Samaria. See, that's all a part of the good news of Jesus. And as they rode along, they come to some water and the official says, look, water, why can't I be baptized? In other words, the man is saying, I want this. I hear God's invitation to me. And he orders the chariot to stop and Philip baptizes him. And when they come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the official never saw him again, but went on with an abundant life, a life full of joy. Philip gets carried away by the spirit. And he finds himself maybe 20 miles away on the coast And then he starts working his way north for about 50 miles. And he's preaching about Jesus to every one of those towns. Yes, 
You could certainly say Philip got carried away by the Spirit because Philip listened and he obeyed and Philip preached the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and now this official, through this official, he's preached to the ends of the earth. So that's our story. That's our story from the family album. God clearly spoke to Philip. So naturally, what's our first question? Well, how does the Holy Spirit speak? How did he speak to Philip? Well, we're told that it was an angel of the Lord. Now, an angel of the Lord can mean a number of things in the Bible. It could be a physical angel that came to Philip. Or it could be an angel appearing to him in a dream. We read of that. Or it was the thought that Philip knew had only come from God. An angel can also mean that it was another person, just another person. Because in the word in Greek for angel, that we translate angel, it simply means messenger. John the Baptist is called an angel in Matthew 11. Book of Revelation, the angels of the churches, well, we believe that refers to their pastors. So our first question, how did the Lord speak? How did he speak to Philip? He spoke through a messenger. Supernatural or otherwise? So what do you really want to ask? Does, is it, is it, does God still speak to people today to lead us, to guide us? Well, yes is the straight answer. And it's straight out of the Bible, that is. Ezekiel 36 quotes God as saying, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful about my laws. In Galatians 5, it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Yes, the Holy Spirit speaks and moves and guides just as he moved Philip. <laughs> the question for us, the real question is, well, are we listening for God to be speaking? Do we know how to listen? Do we know where and when to listen? There's always one place that we can know that, yes, this is God speaking. And that, of course, is through the Bible, his word. One example I can give you about that happened to us, the Trinity family, just a month or two ago. In, in June, Trinity approved a five-year ministry plan. It was a plan that had been based on a verse that had long been at work on and shaping our team leaders. It was Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. We, we shared that verse this morning even. That verse was the whole basis for our five-year plan, that to his glory... God is going to accomplish infinitely more through us than we can even think of. So what kind of things are we going to be able to see in the future because of that promise? And then just a month later in our Apps for Life series, do you remember that? Pastor Nick, in the last one of those, encouraged you to sign up for an app on your phone that sends out a Bible verse each day, and, and you did sign up. And that very next day, that, that Monday after that Sunday, what was the first verse that got texted to all of us to read and meditate on? Yes, it was Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Don't you think that God's sending us a clear message through his word? 
God will accomplish more than we can think of or ask. <laughs> this is us. This is who we are. Glory be to God in the church. Glory be to God in Trinity and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And here we are right now looking at the generations of our family and seeing where God accomplishes more than any of us could imagine. So can't you hear God's voice through his word inviting us in this moment into something phenomenal? Which illustrates also for us a principle that God uses our circumstances to speak to us. Last year in our fall series, we reminded each other that God is at work all around us. We don't have to guess if he's at work. He is at work right now in the car next to us, in the home next door, where we go to school or work or shop. And God wants us to join in that work. But he wants us to join in what he's doing in people's lives. Otherwise, we're just on our own. Only he knows which hearts are ready for us, for our words, for our actions. So we need to be careful. We need to be careful of just going ahead with our own plans and praying for God to either open doors for us or to shut doors for us. Because if we think that, we may often interpret a closing door as God's will when really it's just the opposition of the evil one. Philip could have thought the ministry in Samaria was God's open door. It was so productive but it was really a door being closed. And running alongside that chariot, definitely, I would have thought that was a closed door after about 10 feet. We get to know that God speaks to us from his word and through our circumstances. But we can also trust to him to speak through his family, our sisters and brothers in Christ. In 1 Corinthians, Paul explains to us that the Spirit works in each one of us for the good of the whole family. And, and, and time and again in the book of Acts, we will see the Spirit prompting people what to speak and when, what to do and where. One of those in chapter 16 is what we're going to be studying together in our small groups this week. And in our groups, the Spirit's going to be at work among us as we dig into God's Word. It's going to be prompting our questions. It's going to be fueling our insights. And some of us will go up to the end of the meeting, you know, and I never would have thought of that if you hadn't said that. That is so meaningful for me. Some of us, after the meeting, are going to go, where did I come up with that? <laughs> well, it was the Spirit at work in us. We need each other. Other believers who get to know us and know God and his word, who get to know our strengths, but also they come to know our faults and our blind spots, the, Satan where, the place where Satan might be probing and attacking us. God uses us to remind each other of what God's word says, to care for one another, to pray for one another. It's what a family does. We help each other to learn how to listen to God. So are you thinking right now, okay, okay, God speaks. But what you've been talking about, Pastor Dan, it, it just seems more like generalities. What I want to know, does the Holy Spirit really speak to me like Philip? Right now here in the 21st century, speak to me about things he wants me to do, about things he wants us to do. 
Yes, he does. I've experienced it. I've had confirmation come later that it was indeed God speaking. And it happened to me again this week. But let's do them that something more than just me telling you that. Let's, let's open it up for verification by the family of Christ. I'm going to ask you for a show of hands right now. I'm not going to make you speak, okay? But if you would raise your hand, if you have seen the Spirit of God speak to and move through someone here at Trinity or through us together, was there in some way that you were touched by someone or had an answer to prayer, something that only the Spirit of God could have arranged or done? If you've seen that, would you raise your hand? Wow. Look at that testimony. That's what God is doing among us. It's a reflection of Jesus' promise to us, isn't it? Promises to us in, in Luke and in John, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, teaching us, reminding us, moving us, empowering us. Promises that were clearly made to us, right here, right now, made to us, not just the original followers of Jesus. But as for God speaking, does the Holy Spirit always speak with a voice? Well, it seems like he did so with Philip. And God sends angel messages and messengers. But the Bible also talks a lot about singular or, or unique examples of him speaking. For example, God speaks through a burning bush to Moses. We only see that once. He speaks through a hand writing on a plaster wall to King Belshazzar. We only see that once. He speaks in a blinding light to Saul. We only see that once. So what I think we can see here is that it happens in different ways for different people. It may be an audible voice that you hear today. Or it may come to you as a thought as you meditate or you pray. You may have a Bible verse come powerfully to mind. It may come in a vision or it may come in a dream. But whatever it is, this is one thing we can know about it, one thing we can know about it for sure. God will never, never tell you something that is contrary to his written word to the Bible. His revelation of grace and salvation is complete in Jesus. Jesus is it. And anything contrary that we think God might be speaking to us, well, that's just going to be exposed as our human thoughts or the evil one's deception. So I'm praying that perhaps God is speaking to you today through what we're talking about right here. Maybe he's saying loud and clear, I want you to join in a small group for This Is Us. It's not too late to get into a group. If info about it is out in the lobby. And I'm going to ask the small group leaders that are here this morning if you would stand by one of the tables so people could talk to you about getting into a group. You'll find sign-ups there. You'll find a group on our webpage. And I pray that maybe you will find yourself carried away by the Spirit of God into one of our family groups. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you, you have sent your spirit to us. Send it to us, your family, and we, we invite him now to speak to us, 
to move us and to guide our decisions, our decisions in, in, in our daily life, the, the big things and the small things. We ask him to take us where you want us to go, that we may join you in your work as Philip did. And when the Spirit speaks to us, help us to listen and to hear it, to understand. And Lord, may we, may we not ask you to bless our own plans, but may we be blessed in following yours. This we ask boldly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Together, let's...